0: Restaurants Unstoppable, episode 72.
1: Welcome to RestaurantUnstoppable.com. Listen to successful restaurant professionals as they discuss the tools, tactics, and services they use to better lead, manage, and market their restaurants. Join our community and make your restaurant dreams unstoppable. Here's your host.
0: Eric Cacciatore. Yo, what's going on, all you unstoppable restaurant professionals? It is your host, Eric Cacciatore, and this is the podcast for personal growth in the restaurant industry. And we do that by listening to the stories and taking the advice from the industry leaders. Uh, You know what day it is? It is Thursday. And that means we have an authority here to talk to us, and she is a great authority. Before I hit play, I just want to remind you to please connect with me on Facebook, LinkedIn, Twitter, Google+, I'm out there. Just search Restaurant Unstoppable or Eric Cacciatore, and I will come up some way, somehow. But connect with me, because I want to find out what you think about the show, how I can help you, what questions I can answer. I am here to serve you. I am your sword. Wield me. ...and make the most of this resource. Before I hit play and drop some big old restaurant bombs of knowledge on you, I just want to take this opportunity to ask for your support. For you to rally behind me and to share this content with anybody you think can benefit from the stories and advice... ...that these restaurant professionals are giving us. I created this podcast to serve those who are truly passionate about their trade. Whether they're a baker, uh, chef, charcuterist, whatever you call it, whatever you, you are... If you're a butcher and you just need a little help with the business side, with marketing, with leading, with using the tools that exist today to be the best you can be, my mission is to help you grow personally by simply hitting play. So to support this mission, share the content, give me five-star reviews on iTunes and Stitcher Radio, and the content will only continue to grow and get better. I promise you that. Thank you in advance for your support, and enjoy today's show. So, with excitement, allow me to introduce to you today's guest, Karen Rosenswag. Karen, how are you?
1: Oh, doing awesome. It's a beautiful day out here in Seattle and really uh, happy to be talking with you today.
0: I am happy to have you on the show and I cannot wait to learn from what you have to share. Are you ready to drop some restaurant bombs of knowledge?
1: Absolutely. Get ready to be blown up.
0: <laughs> All right. Let's do this. Uh, Karen is the founder of One Smart Cookie Marketing and the author of Simple Social Media, Marketing Your Restaurant in 30 Minutes a Day. With her passion for food and social media, she developed strategies to help restaurant owners leverage the most out of their social media marketing efforts. That's Extremely brief introduction. I know there's a lot more to you. There's a lot more going on. Why don't you give us the big picture? Tell us how you got into this industry and tell us what you're doing today.
1: Great. Well, thanks, first of all, for having me on the show. I really appreciate it. Um, I kind of a very circuitous route uh, to the job I have now. I started out in, in sports PR and marketing um, when I first got out of college and, and did the whole marketing going on road trips with the teams and working the Rose Bowl and doing press guides and interviews and media requests for quite a long time. And I found myself living in the Bay Area, and uh, right about the time that the dot-com boom went crazy. And so I decided to switch industries and go do the high-tech thing for a little bit and see if I could keep my career going in another direction. And predictably, the whole thing started to fall apart within a year or two, and the the jobs kind of dried up, and so I decided to take a different route. I returned back to Seattle, where I grew up, and did a little bit more PR until I decided the corporate world wasn't for me. And so the next logical choice, of course, was to become a personal chef. Um, and that's when everyone usually starts to laugh because it's uh, corporate PR into a personal chef is not a very normal job track. <laughs> but I had a real passion for food and cooking. And I was the person who everyone you know, wanted to come over to uh, every party or function because they knew I would cook or bring good food. And so I sort of had a reputation for being a food person. And I found myself watching Food Network TV way more than I should and wondered if there was a way I could actually get paid for it someday. And so I stumbled across an opportunity to become a personal chef and start my own business and cook for people all day, um, which I just thought sounded like nirvana. So I created this business out of the blue and had it for about six years, um, which would take us to about 2008, which most people will remember is when everything blew up again in the economy and people were not hiring personal chefs anymore. So it was also the time that Twitter and Facebook and LinkedIn really emerged as really powerful marketing tools for businesses. Mm -hmm. And I thought, hey, if I could go back into my old PR and marketing world, but have it be crisscrossed with food, that would be my new, you know, nirvana. So. What I did is I started One Smart Cookie Marketing because my friends in the food industry had no idea how to use these new tools and so it was really easy to get them to hire me or cook for me for free food and wine. That was the other way that it worked at the first, at the beginning. Not a great business <laughs> model, but it was fun at the start. And so I started teaching the people that I knew in the food industry how to do this and just that spun into really a full-time job of teaching and training and, and helping people understand those tools and so then I left the personal chef business behind and so I'm now five years into one smart cookie marketing, and it just gets better every day.
0: Awesome, great story! Thank you for sharing it with us. And it's so true how you like so many people in this industry get into this industry um, just by like fate. And, like, you were marketing and PR, and before you know it, you are working with restaurants. I originally was a commercial pilot. Uh, that's what I went to school for. And, uh, you know, it's just this industry draws so many unique people from different parts of the world and just different career paths. And it's like I say all the time, you don't pick this career, it picks you. So, Yeah, uh, we, we have all the fun and interesting and quirky people in the yeah. food world. Understand. Exactly. So the first question I have for you, Karen, is... Uh, going to be kind of like on the topic of your book because in your book uh, you, you talk about a lot of excuses that people have for not doing social media. What are those excuses?
1: Yeah, really, I, I wrote the whole book on the premise that people told me that they didn't have enough time, they didn't have enough money, and they didn't have any staff that they could hand off these social media duties to. And so, as you know, as a restaurant… People walk in the door, they are ordering food. Your primary job is to put food on the table and make sure that those people are happy and pay their bill and keep you in business. And so social media tends to take a back seat with some restaurants because they can't figure out how to do that without a lot of expense, which restaurants are notoriously, you know, low on profit margin as it is. And in a restaurant, everyone already has a job. So they have a real hard time sort of figuring out how to wrap their brains around social media and they might even suspect there's some benefit to it but they really don't know how to make it work in their in their daily routine so that was the whole premise of writing the book is if i could teach you how to do this yourself in 30 minutes a day would you do it and so um i think that really has caught on with people of yeah i could do it myself and then i wouldn't have to worry about outsourcing it or hiring an intern that will leave and we have to start all over so this really do-it-yourself type momentum i think is is taking hold
0: yeah, uh, I, I have to agree. A lot of people, they, they get intimidated. Uh, they think they need money. They think they need all this crazy time. Or they think they need to hire somebody to do it. But the truth is, you know, with a system or a strategy uh, put in place that you stick to, it's really not expensive at all. It doesn't take too much time. And you don't have to hire anybody else to, really, to do it uh, as long as you stick to that plan. So hopefully we can kind of uncover some of your advice uh, in doing that today. Um, why don't you, before we do that, why don't you just tell us uh, a, about a story of one of your clients, somebody who was in, you know, who has a restaurant, who approached you? Uh, tell us about how you helped them and how they're doing today.
1: Yeah, I think um, one of the great success stories I have is uh, Ray's Boathouse um, in the Seattle area. It's a seafood restaurant It's on the waterfront. It's been around for forty years. And they had had a full-time marketing person for quite a long time and she left to go, uh, she made another career choice and left the restaurant and they were a little bit in the lurch about how do we keep this going and, you know, it's a $9, 10000000 million restaurant, you know, big tourist attraction, very successful and needed to make sure that this thing kept moving forward and so I came in kind of on an interim basis to help them keep that going. And actually, I'm still there three years later um, doing consulting and training and teaching and keeping the wheels on for them. But one of the, the things that really was a, was a great opportunity for them was their 40th anniversary. And so they wanted to bring some attention to the restaurant, and clientele had gotten a little bit older, and they wanted to freshen it up and bring in sort of a, a younger clientele. So we worked together to create a promotion about uh, to attract people that might want to celebrate their 40th birthday party, at Ray's, which was also celebrating its 40th birthday party. So what we did was created a contest where you would write a short essay on Facebook about why you thought you deserved to get the free 40th birthday party at Ray's, and you got to bring 40 of your friends. Awesome. But so it was this really fun, interactive thing on Facebook, and which is a great story in itself, that, that kind of success. But the cool thing about it was, at first, it was kind of a bust because we put it up there and people were not participating. So... We had five or six entries maybe in the first week, and we were a little bit worried about, you know, whether this was a good idea or really had fallen on its face. And what I did is I took one of our new tools that some people have been hesitant to use but are actually having a lot of success in Facebook ads. Mm -hmm. So what I did is I we created a Facebook ad and we targeted people that were 39 years old and lived in the neighborhood, the the 10-mile radius of the restaurant. So we ran a Facebook ad and said only it went to 39 year olds and said, "Do you want to win your 40th birthday party?" And they were already in our geographic area, so we didn't have to worry about people, you know, not wanting to travel too far. And within the first week, we got about a hundred. Oh
0: wow, that's awesome!
1: People submitted, and then it was like, "Oh my God!" Now what do we do with all this? It was a little bit of an overwhelm, but it really reinforced to me that you know, if you can be really targeted about who you're attracting and you have something to offer them, Facebook advertising is something that could. I think we probably spent sixty dollars on that campaign, which was just nothing to really to attract, you know, a hundred people.
0: Did you say fifty-five-zero 50, dollars?
1: Uh, sixty. Yeah, 60. $60, oh,
0: Okay. Wow. Yeah, that's. That
1: so it was about yeah. We just did it for a few days and, and attracted enough attention. And the reason that it was great is, you know, of course, as people come to your Facebook page and share their story, their friends are 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 seeing it and reading it, and so they were becoming exposed to the restaurant and they were following us because they wanted to see what happened. And then we had a voting component where we let people sort of to weigh in on what they thought were the top stories. And so it was a really great way to not only add new followers to the Facebook page, but got a whole group of 39-year-olds, which was more within the target demographic we were looking for. We got them really energized about the restaurant, and a lot of them came and um, you know visited and ate there just because they really appreciated this contest and that we were trying to do something for them, and they came and celebrated with us anyway.
0: Yeah, I mean that's such an incredible story on just how to take social media to the next level to not just broadcast, but to to engage and to celebrate your guests and to make it about them and not you. Um, right? Yeah, it's just a great story, and I would really love to learn more about uh, using the the you know marketing campaigns with Facebook as far as buying. Like you said sixty dollars is all it costs you. There's a lot of cool things you can do to really hit and hone in on specific target markets using Facebook. So maybe that'll be a discussion for another day. Well, thank you for sharing that story. The next question I have for you, um, you, you've been quoted as saying the biggest hurdle for most restaurants is the lack of a system. So what do you have to say about creating a system for your social media marketing plan?
1: Yeah, I mean, to me, especially in the restaurant world, it's really easy to draw an analogy to a recipe. So... You know, and this is why Chopped and some of these kind of shows on TV are so popular is if you come in and you just found a bunch of ingredients in your kitchen or on the table and someone said, make a delicious dinner out of this. Most people would freeze up and, you know, wonder what in the world they've gotten themselves into because there's no plan. There's no recipe. You know, there's no instructions on how to take all of these ingredients and turn them into something that's actually edible and delicious at the end. And so I like to, it's really easy for me to pitch that to restaurants about, you have a recipe for all your great menu items, but you also need a recipe for your marketing. Mm-hmm. So creating that kind of plan that's really, it's just, you know, here's the ingredients, and then it's we create all the steps, you know, mix, stir, fold, beat, bake, you know, it, it's follows a real typical recipe style of just how to put those things together in a way that actually creates some success and is thoughtful. So I know people can always relate to coming home every night for dinner, looking in the cupboard and going, what in the world is for dinner? And Mm -hmm. that's what happens to restaurants when they go on Facebook or Twitter every day and they think, what are we supposed to say? What do we post today? I mean, what do people want to hear? And so part of my the plan that I give people is creating an editorial calendar so they schedule out things maybe a month at a time and, you know, on Mondays we might do this or, you know, Fridays we're going to do this. And they sort of create, again, almost like a menu plan, like a mom that would sit down and go, I'm going to create what we're having for dinner for the next month so that we don't have to come home and wonder what to eat and end up going out, you know. they really creating that sort of a plan and a system is the secret for most restaurants to stay on track because they have so much else to do. If they have to sit down and decide everything day by day, they will never get anything done.
0: So the first ingredient to this recipe is to use a calendar to kind of map out what you're going to talk about. What's the next ingredient?
1: Yeah. And I think even, you know, along with that creating a calendar of what you want to talk about, um, well, creating a calendar of when, and then the second really is content. It's what are the things we have to say, and what are the, you know, do we want to talk about our vendors? Do we want to highlight our employees? Do we want to talk about other events in our community? You know, really kind of that 80-20 rule, about 80% of what you're going to post is probably going to bring a spotlight to somebody else, and, you know, talk about other things going on in your community, your staff, your restaurant, and not just hey, the special soup today is blah, blah, because people really get tired of you only talking about yourself. So creating a content calendar that really is about 20% promoting your own stuff and 80% creating relationships and building value for other people so they actually want to come back every day and see what you have to say. So to me, that's that's kind of that next step is you can have a calendar, but if you don't have anything to plug into it and to talk about, the calendar will be useless.
0: So, so far I'm hearing, uh, have a plan, put it on a calendar and then create content that is about your guests and about your community, uh, about 80% about your guests, about your community and 20% about, uh, what you got going on at your restaurant.
1: Yes, exactly.
0: And is there any other, uh, big piece to the recipe, this metaphorical recipe that we need to know before moving on to the next question?
1: Yeah. And I think the other, the other, um, and this often comes before even these other steps, but really, um, sitting down with the restaurant and understanding who their target market Mm is, because every restaurant has a different group of people that they would like to come in, you know, their ideal client, and Mm -hmm. there's a lot of restaurants, there's a lot of different cuisines, there's people that only go out to dinner, some people only go out to breakfast, you know,
2: there's
1: people all over the map, and, and really deciding based on who you are, who your chef is, the cuisine you specialize in, the neighborhood you're in, you really decide, you know, what is our ideal client and how do we draw them in? And so doing that kind of work with most restaurants makes them much clearer in their marketing messages and their advertising spend and, you know, everything they do. um, You know, at Ray's Boathouse at one point they had kind of created an avatar of, again, this more of a 35 to 40-year-old woman who has kids and goes out on date night with her husband and has a, a wine group with you know, her girlfriends every week and takes her parents out for their anniversary, or, you know, we created this sort of persona and we thought about that person every time when we're, you know, we called her Raven. And so it's like, when we would decide something, it's like, oh, well, will Raven buy that? Will Raven like that? Will Raven want to bring her parents here for that? And so, you know, it was a little bit cheesy. You know, we, we didn't use her for, two but during that 40th anniversary process, we used almost this avatar of, Um, our ideal client and thought about, you know, it wasn't every decision we made, but that was really forefront for us is, is this drawing in the people that we want to be long-term customers here and we want to take care of? And do we, are we providing something that they actually want?
0: Yeah, that's all such great advice. And you you talk about how uh, you created this avatar of your uh, ideal Guess and you named her Raven. <laughs> but, you know, it's funny because you don't have to necessarily talk about your community and what's happening uh, with your purveyors or who you're associated with. You could also, since now that you have this this avatar, you can find out what it is. What does my avatar like? And then you can start talking about things that might be interest, you know interesting to that avatar. Say you're a beach restaurant and you get a lot of beach bums that come to your restaurant. You could talk about surfing. You could share surf videos Or a new tanning oil, or like anything that might interest that person. So you can do cool things. Right,
1: so like if you're um, if you were a vegan or a vegetarian restaurant, you know, you your clientele is a much different attract than other, you know, than you know Morton Steakhouse. The person that they're looking for, that's a different demographic and a different place you go to interact with them and even find them to to draw them in than you would if you were after a vegan or a vegetarian clientele. So. I mean, those are two really extremes, but that usually makes it easier for people to understand because everyone eats food, right? Mm -hmm. We all eat several times a day, so what's the big deal? Anyone who wants (laughs) food, just come to our restaurant. You know that that really never works because there's just in every city there's so many choices, and so you have to pick that thing that is yours and you're going to own it and you're going to be the, yeah, the, the waterfront restaurant with the sunset serving the best seafood in town and playing live music and have great cocktails or, you know, you just you sort of have to set up these things that are your little neon signs that pull people in so they know what you're about or else they may not choose you and they'll yeah. go to your
0: competitor. I feel like what we're leading into is the next question I have for you, which is you mentioned how important it is to, to have a voice. What do you mean by picking a voice? What exactly is meant by that? Yes,
1: well, I think to have consistency in marketing and really let people know who you are and what they can depend on is, is, is to have some branding. And a lot of people don't really know what that means, and they get a little scared by the word branding, but it's as simple as, you know, Nike's brand is, you know, just do it. Mm-hmm. Or, you know, Apple is, you know, when you think of Apple, you think of a lot of different attributes and ways of life and how it makes you feel. And And so for restaurants, they have to be able to figure out how to portray that. And if they're active on social media and talking to the masses, they have to pick a voice that they're gonna write these messages and you know, what are the tweets? Is it their tweets and posts on Facebook, are they gonna be humorous? Are they gonna be kind of uptight and straight laced? Are they gonna be just the facts? Are they gonna be irreverent? Are they gonna you know, there's all these places that you can go and but ultimately you have to pick one. It's kinda of like I say, pick a lane and you stay in it, you know, yeah. or all people get hurt when you drive all over the road. You know, you like you <laughs> pick a lane, you stay in it and people know what to depend on. So when they come to your restaurant, if you're funny on Facebook Probably the person that greets them at the door is going to be lighthearted and have a good sense of humor and you're going to kind of joke with and you, you know, they really, people get to know what to depend on with you. Yeah. And that's also a way of attracting people is, you know, I don't, you don't want any old, uptight people in here. Okay. Well, I can tell that by the way you talk on Facebook and Twitter and I would know I'm not going to send my 80 year old grandparents there for mm-hmm. dinner because that's not, you know, the style. So I think, um, yeah, knowing what your brand is and who you're attracting and, um, all leads to the way Then you're going to talk about yourself. And, and the biggest thing is, once you decide that is you just have to stay consistent. And, and this is something that happens with bigger restaurants that often have multiple people that might decide to share the social media duties. Mm-hmm. You have to make sure all those people keep the same voice. So one of them can't be goofy and funny and then one be chiding customers for something and then one be just totally, you know, deadbeat, droll, no interest. Or, you know, you have to kind of, um, I guess it'd be like one to Disneyland, right? And you are you going to put on Mickey Mouse today? Are you going to be Porky Pig? or you, you know, <laughs> you, you almost put on this costume that is like your brand and your voice, and people expect you to talk a certain way and look a certain way, and that's really important. And I think the most successful restaurants on social media, you could almost just read me the message and I could tell you who wrote it. I mean, the, the, the restaurants that do it that well, you can tell their style and their sense, and I, I could tell you where that came from. Mm-hmm.
0: Oh, that's all awesome advice, and I think a lot of time people are afraid to pick a voice. And many indie restaurant owners, they so many times their restaurant is an extension of who they are. Um, so yep. I guess a lot of what I tell people is just be yourself. Uh, if it's your restaurant and this is your your sweat, your blood, your tears, then that's your. Just be that, like own your social media account and make it a part of who you are and just talk like you would. Most people who get into this industry are naturally extroverted. Just be yourself and engage with people like you would on your own social media account um, and with that voice and just like, just be transparent and uh, you're, you'll find your way, I guess. Exactly. Cool. Um, Well, thank you for sharing that. Um, While we're on the topic of, of having a voice, I have to ask you, what your thoughts are on outsourcing social media to like a a second party or outside party.
1: Yeah. You know, it's kind of a a double edged sword because for some people they have to do that and they need to do that. And for some it's just a crutch and they do it because they are just too lazy to figure out how to do it themselves. So Mm -hmm. um, I would say, you know, with independent restaurants, they're probably the best category um, or likelihood to do it themselves because they probably have a smaller budget. They've got Mm -hmm. a smaller restaurant. Um, And I think, Their challenge more is to connect with their community and build relationships and long-term loyalty where people, you know, it's like cheers, right? Yeah. People want to know that you know their name when they walk in the door, and that will keep them coming back day after day after day. And so if you're going to build that kind of rapport, people want to know that it's you actually posting that on Facebook or tweeting um, so that when they walk in and say, hey, I saw that – whatever, you know, that you posted on Facebook today. And if the person at the front desk just gives them a blank stare, like, I don't know what you're talking about. I'm not on Facebook or, you know, that could be a real turnoff for, for your restaurant and cause that person to lose all the faith and goodwill you built up over time on social media. If exactly. If the person in the restaurant doesn't have any clue even what you're talking about. And so the best way to make sure that happens is you have to do the work yourself. So when people show up, you're like, yeah, yeah, I remember tweeting with you today. Thanks for coming in tonight. Exactly. And that makes people feel so important and so valued. mm mm-hmm. That, you know it's but i do know when you talk about bigger restaurants and franchises and chains and multiple locations you know it might not be feasible to have a person in house doing it um there're just you know there are a lot of other rules the bigger you get there's outsourcing and things to be done but i do know locally we have several very successful six or eight store restaurant operators that do use PR agencies to represent their, all of their brands and mm-hmm. For me, the big thing is if you're going to do that, then make sure you create an account for every one of your restaurants. So,
0: There's a different you know,
1: Yeah, I mean, if you're Tom Douglas Restaurants and you have 10 locations, you can't tweet and post everything on Facebook out of Tom Douglas Restaurants. Because mm-hmm. if I'm a tourist, I don't come to Seattle and know that I should search for that. All I know is somebody told me there was a restaurant called Lola or Serious Pie or... You know, Dahlia Bakery, and, like, if I can't search for that on Facebook or Twitter, I'm not going to find their location. So yeah. whatever – and so the key is is if you are going to do those multiple accounts and have somebody manage them for you, I think that you have to split them up and still give them all their own identity and brand and voice so that it makes it easier for people to connect to them.
0: Exactly, yeah. And I ask this question because uh, you're seeing a lot of these, and I won't mention any of the, the businesses that are doing it, but people that are uh, – will say they'll, they'll do all of your social media for you. But if you're an indie restaurant, I mean, that's one of the, the advantages you have over chains and corporations is that human personal connection with your, your guests. Do you really want to uh, dilute that relationship by outsourcing this ability to have a true connection with your guests? Um, and that's – I mean, I really am kind of wary about some of these services and people have asked me if you know if that's a good idea and I really – I just – at this point, I have to say, I, I'm kind of afraid of people who, that would do that, <laughs> you know? Well,
1: and it's, it's and, um you know, some of the logistics of it just make it difficult because if somebody, you know, tweets and says, hey, what's the first catch tonight, you know? Yeah. And you're sitting at home in your pajamas working up in your home office trying to be that restaurant. You don't know that answer and you don't want to give the wrong answer and you don't want to mislead them and have them come in and be disappointed. So now you've got to hang up, you know, or pick up the phone, call somebody, get the info. I mean, the logistics of trying to be the restaurant can be really challenging. You know, it certainly can be done because there are models of it. It works well. There are people that like I do the tweeting and Facebook posting for Raid Boathouse. I mean, they pay me to be a member. To basically be their marketing team and that is a duty that I perform for them in addition to a lot of other promotional things. Yeah. But I do, but I, I know what the special of the day is. I know what we're offering all the time. I can get an answer in about 30 seconds if someone asks a question I can't answer. So yeah, I, that's where I said there, there's always those exceptions. Yeah. But if you just hire an agency and say, here, just make us look good on social media and you don't give that person the material to be successful, then you're, you're setting yourself up for a real explosion.
0: Yeah. I guess the point I'm trying to make is if anything, it seems too good to be true. If it's super easy, just to pass over the reins to somebody, it might be too good to be true. And you don't want yeah. to dilute your ability to, uh, make those connections with your guests just by, um, trying to find a quick fix for your social media. Um, I mean, usually quick fixes are quick, and they're a fix for right now. But in the long run, you end up suffering. So, uh, Well, that's why I think if, if I teach you to do it yourself, exactly. you can
1: answer those questions really efficiently. But if you do outsource it now, it's going to take you three times the amount of time because you have to call someone and tell them the info or be there when they call and ask you, hey, can I say this on Twitter or do we have this anymore? So I think for the business owner, all it's going to do is create a multiplication of time as opposed to you, if you just did it yourself, you would have been able to answer that really quickly and Mm move on with day.
0: Exactly. So I'm going to move on to the next question. Sorry, that took a little bit longer than I had planned, uh, but I mean, it's just something that I, I really, uh, want to learn more about, and I was really curious on what your thoughts were on that. But the next question, um, this should be a little quicker. Like you had mentioned before, we need to fill our uh, social media accounts with good content. Uh, a lot of that good content comes from knowing a thing or two about using multimedia. Uh, do you know of any resources that exist to, that can teach you how to make the most out of multimedia? And by multimedia, I mean like making images to share, like like flyers or videos or like any like way to just kind of really uh, give your account, your social media account, a little extra flair.
1: Yeah, I think that's a that's a good question that I haven't really seen um, a lot of resources. And I I had a conversation with a a colleague of mine recently about create, She's looking into creating an app, and I won't even say what it is because that would be letting it out of the bag. But there is a particular process that she. Uh, things that she helps a restaurant with, and if there was an app where they could, you know, plug in A, B, and C, and it would create something and send it and do a particular series of actions, it would make their life really easy, and maybe they wouldn't have to hire somebody. And mm-hmm. so I think people are starting to discover there might be, you know, automating it, but not entirely to the point where, you know, it's not personable, but there are some things that you could probably learn to, again, take an image, put a quote on it, throw your logo, like do some things that might make sense and save you some time. And I haven't seen them yet, but I'd be really anxious um, and eager to learn more about them because I do think people are looking for those tools.
0: Yeah, they definitely are looking for those tools, Karen. I do have a few I want to share. Uh, One is called Canva.com. It uses drag-drop technology to make anybody into a graphic artist. Uh, It's so simple to use. Uh, You can just... Pull templates and you take pictures that already exist and you put them where you want. Add text. You're going to make some great banners for your social media accounts. If you're doing specials at your restaurant, you want to share it and put some pizzazz instead of just doing plain text. Again, that uh, service is called Canva.com. It's really cool and it's free. Uh, The next one is called Lynda.com, And this is kind of taking it to the next level. It's a library of video tutorials to teach you how to uh, make your own websites, how to create your own videos, how to uh, do your own uh photoshop uh, web you know just really everything photography the the videos are just countless it's like $25 a month and uh you, you can cancel your membership once you learn what it is you're looking to learn but it just basically turns you into a, a multimedia professional uh, through just t- watching these videos. It's like going to take a class at a community college. And then the last service is uh, Amy Porterfield's podcast, another free service. It's uh, called uh, Social Media Marketing Made Easy. Uh, she'll teach you how to use this media that you created effectively on your social media platforms. So uh, those are some of the resources I know of. And uh, I mean, you can either pay somebody to do this or you can save the money and learn yourself and be proactive. So, uh, yeah. So yeah. And I
1: think that's, um, that's an element of, of my service, you know, with one smart cookie marketing is yeah. I'm beginning to add some webinars and some things where, the restaurant owner wants to learn, you know, how to take better photos with their iPhone.
2: Um,
1: They might be able to come and watch a 30 minute webinar that I'll create and I'll put it up at a place where they can access it at two in the morning or, you know, they don't have to be available Monday at 7 PM for a live webinar, but I'll, I'll record it, record it and make it what we call evergreen. So they can come and watch that whenever it's convenient to them and learn how to do some of those things. So I have thought of doing a similar, you know, service, but, um, because I think that's something people are looking for is show me how to do it and then I'll be able to do it myself
0: yeah I mean a lot of the it just comes down to not knowing how to do it but if you're if you find the ways the means to do it then a lot of these things you can easily do yourself which is the point that I'm trying to make so and I'll keep my uh, my eyes open for when you start making those videos and hopefully we can share some of your content through. absolutely
1: uh, that'd be great yeah
0: you got it so are there any questions you could, you could think of that maybe could have made this interview better or I should have asked you
1: you did an excellent job. You know, I, I think, <laughs> you. Uh, you know, you really covered the basics. And I, I, I think it, you're providing some great resources to, to restaurants and general managers that are looking for answers and looking for ways they can simplify their life and make this marketing mystery a little bit easier because they all know they need to market and be in front of people. But like I said, the time, money and staff is such a big issue. So anything we can do to keep providing tools and tricks and little strategies that would make their life easier and get those dining rooms filled every night, you know, then we're golden to them.
0: Awesome. Well, thank you very much. I'm happy you see the value in what I'm trying to create. It's been a blast and uh, I'm loving every second of it. So I guess this is where we wrap it up and I give you an opportunity to, uh, call somebody out in the industry. Who's one person you admire, uh, and you think would make a great addition to the show of, as a mentor.
1: Well, there's, um, there's a woman in Chicago named Ellen Malloy. Um, she's a former restaurant publicist, and she's uh, had her own PR agency, and now she's working on something called EatMorsel dot com, and what it is really is a kind of a clearinghouse, or I wouldn't say clearinghouse, but like a platform for chefs and um, sommeliers, baristas, cooks, people all across the food industry, for them to come and and share their stories, ask their questions, learn from their colleagues, um, and kind of how to use that to not only market themselves and further their own careers, but also promote their own restaurants and so it's become I wouldn't call it a think tank I wish I could think of a better word for it but it's this really you know vibrant community where you can go and find out what chefs are thinking and asking and what you know on their plate so to speak and you know they're coming there and to learn from each other and you know as as a person who wants to support the restaurant industry it's somewhere that I go because I'm trying to see you know what they're paying what are Mm -hmm. they trying to solve what do they need help with and so it's really cool for me to look into from their perspective and see where they're looking down the road or what kind of thoughts they might be starting to create about a future offering. So just kind of getting in the mind of, of restaurants and chefs and how they're thinking and where they're headed has been a really cool tool, and, and she's been responsible for sort of facilitating that and, and getting guests on there and people to write posts and providing solutions, and it's just invaluable.
0: Can you say the name of, of this woman again and the, the website? Yeah, Her name is Ellen Malloy.
1: M-A-L-L-O-Y. She's located in Chicago, and her website is eatmorsel, E-A-T-M-O-R-S-E-L.com.
0: Ellen of Eat Morsel, I'm coming after you. I'm going to find out how we can get you on the show and learn from what you have to offer. And uh, the last thing we do here on every show is give you another opportunity to let the folks at home know how they can connect with you. And, uh, you know, give yourself one last pitch.
1: Excellent. Well, my website is one cookie marketing.com. And on my site, I have a services page where I have several different ways that I like to interact with people. I have some, you know, a couple of two-hour sessions where people that know what they want can come and we can do a a brain download really quickly and get them on their way. And I have a seven-week to social media domination package where... You know, for seven weeks, we kind of have a list of things, sort of those steps to the recipe that we we talked to earlier in the interview. I take people through those, you know, a a step at a time once a week. So over maybe the course of seven weeks, we give them a really great plan. So those are a couple of ways that I like people that are looking for my help, you know, interact with me. But I also have some free resources on that website where you can come and download um, how to market your business in 30 minutes a day. So you know, you say maybe somebody's listening and they're not a restaurant, they do something else, they could come download that free report where I tell you what the different steps are and why they're important and kind of give you a framework of how to work your social media, whether you're a restaurant or not. So, And, and of course, the last thing you can find on my com page is uh, the link to buy my book, which we, we opened up and talked about. So if you are a restaurant or a general manager or somebody in the trade that wants to learn how to exactly do this. I give you the plan. I give you the steps. I've got screenshots. I will walk you through the entire process so that you can learn how to take charge of your own social media in 30 minutes a day.
0: Awesome. Uh, Thank you so much for everything. The advice you shared with us today was invaluable. I know I grew from listening to you. I'm sure the folks at home are a little bit better off now too. Uh, You're always welcome to come back on the show if there's ever anything you want to share. Uh, You're extremely knowledgeable. So uh, thank you so much for all of your time. And I look forward to seeing what you do in the future. Thanks, Eric. I appreciate it. Another great episode. Thank you so much, Karen. You were so great. The advice you gave so helpful. Just some of the things I want to point out and debrief on today, as a you know a recap. Some of the important things I took away. Um, you know, it's so important uh, that we have a voice, that we have a plan, and that we don't just go blindingly. If uh, we put a system to anything, we'll be more efficient and more productive. So check out her book and find out how to uh, market your restaurant using social media in 30 minutes a day. And she gives you the system. She shows you how to use a calendar. She'll teach you how to use a voice to be consistent. Also, um, you know, the 80, 20 rule. that's so important. Only 20% of what you be, you should be posting should be about you and about trying to get your message out. You want to be, uh, concerned about your audience. Who's your avatar? Uh, be connecting with them Connect with your community. Uh, Talk about what's happening in your industry, uh, what you think your avatar is interested in. That's the 80% of the 80-20, not what your special is today and uh, a picture of what you have for, you know... I don't know, uh, your special cocktail. Like those are all good things to have, but you don't want it to be the bulk of your content. Um, she mentions the power of using Facebook ads. So powerful. Uh, make the most of those and, uh, you know, have your voice. Don't overthink it. I mean, those are the big things I just wanted to recap on today. And, uh, as always, I'll have all the things that we talked about in today's episode in the show notes. We talked about Canva. We talked about lynda.com. We talked about uh, Karen's book, Simple Social Media, Marketing Your Restaurant in 30 Minutes a Day. All those links will be right there in the show notes. Don't just listen. Take action. Head over to to www.restaurantsunstoppable.com. 72. You'll find all the links of everything we talked about. So that's all I have for you today. Uh, Thanks for sticking around to the end. You guys rock. Uh, Thank you again for all of your continued support. I'm learning so much. And uh, knowing that I'm serving you is all the drive I need. Uh, So thanks for being out there. Thanks for continuing to listen. The ratings are going up. The downloads are going up. I'm pumped. Uh, I'm excited to see where this goes. And uh, until next time, peace out.